Hey, all you geniuses. Today, we're going to have a little fun. You get to listen to my good friend, Simon Majumdar, and I talk about spam. Not the email, but the original canned meat. Something I grew up eating as a kid in Ketchikan, Alaska. Simon has a new podcast called Eat My Globe, and he has an entire episode devoted to the history of spam. Listen in. I hope you enjoy it. My name is Dr. Terry Simpson, and this is my podcast, Culinary Medicine, Food Cons and Food Conversations, where we have conversations about food as medicine and discuss food cons, exposing myths, cons, and montebanks. Simon and I have been friends for about five years. When we get together, usually over a glass of wine, we tend to, well, go off. So much so that my wife wants to produce a podcast called Two Old Men and a Martini. Well, I don't know what old man she'll get besides Simon. Anyway, have a listen. Oh, and there is some culinary medicine here. Speaking of processed food, processed meats. Yes. I grew up in Alaska. And as you probably know, the two heaviest consumptions of one of your podcasts, one of them is why, and the second one is Alaska. So guess what meat I had three or four times a week? Uh, well, you did. But actually, it come, you'd be surprised. Alaska comes way down the list. Among the states in the United States, Alaska is the second largest consumer of canned Spam. Why do I know this? Well, it's from the science of Spamology. Oh, we stopped ordering it? Well, no, you still do. So, so I did a podcast on the history of Spam, which actually has a fascinating... Not the email. No, not... Although the two are related because of the Monty Python sketch. That's where the term for the junk email comes from, and everyone knows that sketch, where they start talking about eating Spam. But um, the reason I wanted to do it, because it, the history of Spam goes much further back than the product itself, because it goes back to Napoleon, uh, Napoleonic times where they invented canning. It goes through even further back to Roman times. 10,000 francs for that can. 12,000. 12,000 12,000. And a guy called Nicholas or Nicolas Appert. And you know what his other claim to fame was? What? He invented the bullion cube. So there you go. But if you go back... You know, to Roman times when they were preserving meats and hams and the way they talk about it in, I think it's the Odyssey, they talk about preserving hams, it's identical to the way that they do it now around the world. So just a lot of similarity. But anyway, we spent, no, the three countries, number uh, number three is the Philippines. And a lot of it's to do with the Second World War, quite frankly. Sure. It's where soldiers were. So number three is the Philippines. Number two is Hawaii. And number one is Guam where they eat, and listen for this, and you're a doctor, so you can tell me what about They eat 16 cans a year per person. They have McDonald's franchises. I think there's five of them on Guam. And they serve the equivalent of 57,000 cans of Spam a year. And, you know, when you go to Hawaii, tourists don't do this. Tourists will not stop in the local 7-Eleven or corner convenience store. But you go in there, and they have the equivalent of Spam sushi. Yeah. Spam Musubi, it's called. It is delicious. I really like it a great deal. And if you go to Korea, which again got to love Spam because of American soldiers there during the... Because they were starving. All those places were starving. The American soldiers had meat. They didn't know. And so they fell in love with this. Well, because it 
it lasted. Because they were waiting for fresh food to turn up, they ate these rations. And, you know, and spam has been so much a part of warfare, in fact, during the, since uh, it was first, I think, trademarked in 1937. 150 million cans of spam were purchased by the American government during the Second World War. And even Khrushchev, you know, the leader of the Soviet Union, said that they would not have been able to feed their armies without the spam that they were sent by the American government. See, and they don't... How much... Do they still sell it to the military? Oh, uh, oh yeah. The military still has spam. and Because and I don't know about you, but I've tried some recent military rations. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of... You know, I'd rather open a can of spam. Well, the thing is that I did some cooking with spam when I was doing the podcast, and I actually rather liked it. I, I did thought, too. Yeah. I thought... Uh, but you use it... You use it sparingly, the traditional spam, because there is a higher salt content. I think it's, and you would probably know more than me, it's about 790 milligrams. So I think that's about well, a third of the daily amount of right, salt. Right, so there's only six ingredients in spam. Yes. And one of them is salt. And one of them is the one that I have a problem with, which are nitrates. Which a lot of people, though, have been using for curing, going back to the Roman times. So it's the Romans who first dis discovered that pink salt or you know, saltpeter or whatever you want to call it. And they, dis they found out that it gave their cured meats a nice pink color. So I still use some of that if I make bacon, uh, because I find if I don't, it's rather gray, and people go, oh, there's something wrong with it. They think there's something wrong with it. Sodium chloride is one ingredient in Spam. You know that it's table salt. Sodium nitrate is another ingredient in Spam, and nitrates are the issue. Sodium nitrates are linked to colon and rectal cancer, which is why the current recommendations are for people to reduce nitrates in their diet, specifically processed meats. If you shop for bacon, hot dogs, or other processed meats, buy the nitrate-free ones. The interesting thing is, is that when we, you know, there's a pretty good association between increased, what we call preserved meats that have nitrates in them, and cancers. One of the things that I found interesting was when we were in Spain, literally on every street corner, there is a hamonery, a place that sells ham. ham. Absolutely. And, and all, all kinds of cured meats. Right. And they don't use nitrates in their curing process. No, they just use salt. But there's a particular salt that I think has, and you can confirm this or not, but has a, a certain element of nitrate in it. And so it's not a, it's not a, a chemical that's added. It's actually just part of the salt process that they're using. And it may be just the natural salts and the air that they have there when they're making these hams, because they've been making them in the same way for a thousand years. Um, I think it's like, again, like all things, if you were to sit and eat you know, two pounds of bacon with nitrates in it a day, you're probably not going to do yourself much good. There are no nitrates in the Iberico hams of Spain. They are simply cured with salt. Sadly, because of import laws, they are difficult, if not impossible, to get in the States. Sodium nitrate and sodium chloride are two different chemicals. Both have sodium, but the nitrates are used in many U.S. products for preservatives. The recent data showing the increased risks of colon and rectal cancer with nitrates has made an impact, because now you can buy many processed meats without nitrates. You know, I probably actually don't eat that much bacon. I might eat it once every month or so. I might add bacon to a dish, but I'm only yeah. going to include a couple of rashers. 
I'm thinking then the risk is relatively low. So that risk is, I mean, it's like anything that's toxic. If you don't overwhelm your system, it can handle most things. But I think the thing that was fascinating to me is they would bring out this plate of ham, thinly sliced, so thinly sliced that you could actually use it for reading glasses. I mean... Well, you can... The key with slicing Spanish ham is you're supposed to be able to read the name of the knife maker through the ham. And what was fascinating was, so we got this plate of ham, and I probably didn't even have an ounce of it, and I was stuffed. So, that was the two of us, just with a glass of wine. If you liked it, we might record a few more, in some lonesome bar that makes great martinis and has a mediocre bottled wine. Canned Spam is delicious, but one of the six ingredients of Spam is sodium nitrate, and that is concerning. Most people believe that the reason processed meats are associated with a higher risk of cancer is the sodium nitrate, which is used as a preservative. Those are the same ingredients found in bacon, salami, and a lot of processed meats that you may buy. So our recommendation is buy the nitrate-free processed meats if you can. Sadly, spam does not come nitrate-free. Most of the time, a person's body can handle a little bit of toxin, but it's always best to avoid it. But, much as the people from Guam have a high rate of cancer and a shorter lifespan, it's their lifestyle and their diet. So, think about eating food that is better for you. And if you get a chance to get one of those hams from Spain, you will be in for a treat. All right, let me know if you want further episodes of Two Men in a Martini. Special thanks to Simon Majumdar for lending his comments to today's show. And of course, thanks to you for listening to this episode of Culinary Medicine with me, Dr. Terry Simpson. This will be our final episode for this season. Season two will be coming up in another month or so. While I am a doctor, I am not your doctor, and you should always seek the advice of a trusted, licensed medical provider with experience in your particular condition or concern before taking any action. But if I am your doctor, what are you cooking tonight? I might have some spam. Culinary Medicine is a part of the Your Doctor's Orders Network and is produced and distributed by our friends at Simpler Media. Evo Terra is my creative genius who adds the music and make this whole process work. My executive producer is a talented and beautiful producer girl from Producer Girl Productions. And you can follow me on Twitter where I'm at Dr. Terry Simpson. That's Dr. Terry Simpson. Until next time, don't drink the water, drink the wine. Unless you're with Simon, then have a martini. <laughs>